everybody, and welcome to episode eight of the Foundation First Fitness Show with Bob Ack Owen. Today, we are going to talk about something a little bit more controversial than I usually talk about, which is gym myths. Now, I'm going to hit some of the uh, more commonly known ones and the more commonly accepted ones, and then I'm going to fall right into the maybe a little bit more controversial ones, or I might just mix and match. We'll see, but I might just kind of throw them in, so we'll see how this goes. Um, the first one, the first one I like to talk about is when we discuss gym myths, usually one of the, the primary ones that come up for a lot of the, the women that are listening is if I work out, will I be bulky? Now, I would like to emphasize that over the last couple of years, and I can see why this would be a little bit of a concern. I don't think it was much of a concern probably about uh, five to probably about 10 years ago, but in the last five years, it's probably become a little bit more of a question mark uh, to think about how is it possible for women to be more bulky? Uh, Sorry, will women be more bulky or will you, if you're uh, lady listening to this, will you become bulky if you work out? Now, I will stress this that yes, I think due to that whole CrossFit uh, trend that everyone's, uh, the, not the CrossFit trend, not the tr- CrossFit itself, but the trend of women that are doing CrossFit that they think that those women look very bulky. Now, I think that's very much genetically uh, a factor, right? Like there's a lot of there's a lot of men that work out extremely hard and are really not physically structurally designed to be bulky. I'm not a physically bulky individual. I never have been and I don't really think I can be uh, simply because my structure isn't isn't going to allow me. Now I'm going to be more lean and slim uh, and more uh, toned. I'm not going to be so much bulky uh, as some of my other male counterparts that are doing very similar workouts. Now, when we discuss women, it's already genetically a lot harder for women to put on a lot more muscle mass. And that's primarily that primarily comes down to the physiology of what's going on in terms of growth hormone and testosterone levels in women itself. So already you're starting behind the eight ball, so it's going to be even harder to catch up. That's why you see it's you'll see that occasional uh, female athlete who's going to be very explosive and very strong in relationship to her other female counterparts, and actually in relationship to a lot of men. Like there's a lot of women out there that are actually pushing their fair share of weight in the weight room and are really turning some heads. But at the same time, if we compare, you know, top of each category, it's not even very much comparable. And there's no, I don't mean any offense to this. It's just the physiology of it. Now, I do think that women being in the gym, the trend and that shift where it's kind of become okay and it's become more natural to see that is obviously so much better because I think there's so much women can benefit from being in the gym. You know, for me being the me being the postural person, the corrective exercise person that I am, uh, you know, the hip stuff, the knee alignment stuff, the shoulder and postural stuff. I mean, there's so many women that I see that are in there that are, you know, crossing that 50 years old line and, you know, that posture and the, the knees have already started giving out because they've just never been able to take care of it properly because in that time it wasn't, a, it wasn't kind of something that they would do. So 
I wouldn't say that it's so much of a you're going to be bulky. It really comes down to the extent at which you're at the gym. How much are you doing at the gym? What are you doing? Are you constantly doing it? Are you constantly working it? Yes, you're going to be able to develop a muscle. You're human. You're still going to be able to develop a muscle. Are you going to become really big and bulky? Again, it takes an enormous amount of time. Most of the women that if you ask them what they're doing in the gym or what they've done to become that muscular and that tone and look that big simply and comes down to the volume that they're doing they're doing an enormous amount of volume probably more than you know many of you will ever actually want to even come close to because you're you know it's a probably not that much of an interest to you b it's not exactly as you know it's not exactly as feasible because you have you're, you have so many other uh, things or responsibilities that you've kind of committed to, and that's okay, but that's just how that plays out. So I would tell you that if that's your biggest fear, rest assured, there is a there is an extremely small chance that you will become bulky, and if you will, uh, I promise you'll already know who you are because you'll have been an athlete your entire life and have done very little to say very, very toned and very structurally um, strong, I guess, yeah. Uh, hey, I guess I kicked it off with a pretty uh, pretty controversial one. Oh, while we're on it, um, myth number two that I hear a lot of is stretching before workout. Now, someone will say that, oh, you didn't warm up, so you got hurt, uh, or you didn't stretch enough, so you got hurt, or even better yet, you didn't stretch after your workout because you got hurt. That's another one. I'll actually, you know what? I'll address that one after. I'll start with the before, and then I'll hit with the after because that's another interesting topic. Uh, the before, it's... It's probably it's probably the most debated, probably one of the most debated topics uh, in my in my realm and what I deal with in the in the population that I deal with is stretching. Is should someone be stretching before their workout, after the workout, or is stretching even good? Now to not get into stretching is good or bad. I think stretching is great. I don't think there is really an issue there. Um, I think if you're doing any type of mobility work you're stretching if you're doing any type of like movement or long range movement or rotation stretching like that's just how it is right there's no way around it it's stretching um but i think what everyone's talking about is that if we stretch before we're actually weakening off the muscles that we need to fire now i don't necessarily think that's true because there's the study that kind of showed that neglected to mention what happened five minutes after they finished stretching and after they tested them so what had happened was here's the test i'll basically go over the test and what it what it kind of meant the, an individual, a group of individuals were told to stretch, I think their hamstrings or their quad muscles or whatever, uh, and they had already done a baseline jump test. So they had jumped as high as they could, saw how much they, saw how high they jumped, and then what they did was they stretched, then compared that to, then, then jumped again after they stretched, immediately after they stretched, they basically stretched, stood up, jumped, and they compared the results. And yes, the results were down. Now, interestingly enough, they concluded that stretching was bad for performance. But if you think about it, not many of us will literally be sitting there stretching and then from the hamstring stretch position, jump up and run 100 yards or 100 meters down the track uh, as fast as we possibly can. Normally, the stretching goes on well in advance. Then we get, then we do a bunch of other stuff in between. Then we get to the competition and we go so another research paper came out and said whoa, whoa, whoa hold on a second five minutes after we did this we realized oh hang on a second these guys are all back to normal these guys are all back to their normal baselines huh 
because it's not that bad. Waited another five minutes and the results actually got a little bit better. So it's really interesting if you think about that concept of whether it was uh, the stretching or this, that, the other thing. It really comes down to you being able to stretch. And as I mentioned in the previous episode, stretch, then activate, you'll have no problems. Now, stretching after you after you finish training in the cool down, uh, is that gonna prevent your uh, breakdown of... Is that gonna sorry? Is that gonna prevent you from feeling that post-training feeling that DOMS or that delayed onset muscle soreness is the technical term, uh, or that soreness that you feel the next day? Is that gonna prevent it? No, it's not. Uh, unfortunately, it has no relevance and will not help you in the slightest bit. So, rest assured that your soreness was not caused by your lack of stretching. It was actually caused by the workout that you did, and it being potentially a little too hard for you and it might cue you into something else which is probably tone it down just a tad so that you can actually be more regular with your workouts and not be uh limping because your because your glute and hamstring exercises were a little too aggressive so stretching after thumbs up get it done. It's not that big of a deal as long as you're spending that time stretching something that's really important to you. Now, I think the last one I wanted to talk about, I'm not really sure if I want to do it. Um, It's been something that's kind of on my mind a little bit. uh, And it has to do with post-activation. You know what? I got enough time. Let's do it. Um, I think I think the one that the one that I've been really thinking about a lot of is post-training uh, cooldowns. So in recent in recent uh, actually in in recent years, a lot of people have been drawing some conclusions as to what is the actual best practice for recovery. Now in the sports world, recovery is the the end all be all right now because. Uh, it's really tough for us to train athletes during the season because of their demanding schedule. So a lot of pro teams have tried to figure out ways in which to gain that little bit extra edge. And they started to go towards recovery and figuring out what the best source of recovery was. And we've kind of figured out that cooling down on a bike or cooling down on a treadmill and kind of flushing the body doesn't really do anything. And the reason for that is let's, let's think about this in the most basic way. Uh, if you ran a marathon, you're not going to recover by running longer, right? Like it just, they don't add up. It doesn't make sense. If you just ran a marathon, you running longer is not going to help you. You're just adding more mileage to your body. You're adding more wear to your body. The same thing holds true for a workout. You burn, you working out and then getting on the bike and biking for another 10 minutes to cool down is not going to help you recover. It's actually going to be adding more volume onto your entire workout. So it's actually making you recover slower because you've just added more work for it to do. The thing you should be doing is focusing on letting your body recover by rolling, eating properly, and sleeping. Okay? So if you guys have any questions, I'd love to hear what you guys think about any of those myths that I've brought up, and hopefully we can get another session of this going. Until next time, guys, keep building that foundation. For more fitness tips, tricks, and ideas, follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Bobak Owen. That's B-A-B-A-K-O-W-E-N. Music for the Foundation First Fitness Show provided by Beware of Darkness. You can find them on Spotify and iTunes. 